Alright everybody, welcome to the podcast. It's been exactly four days, so thanks everybody for your patience for me to finally get to this podcast. Uh, This is going to make up for those four days, I guarantee it. There's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about, Uh, so we'll dive right in. Uh, The biggest thing probably that happened uh, since the last podcast was actually uh, what happened in Nebraska, but also what happened in South Dakota. So uh, Keystone XL pipeline was narrowly approved by a Nebraska panel. Uh, This is from CBC News Alerts. And TransCanada's bid to construct the 1,900-kilometer pipeline was okayed by a 3-2 vote. So it narrowly passed. uh, And this was right after, just literally days after what happened in South Dakota with the huge... uh, leakage of oil uh, it's really pathetic and what was even more pathetic was that that panel uh, that was voting was saying that they couldn't look at what happened in South Dakota to impact their vote which doesn't even make sense Uh, so that was pretty crazy that happened about four days ago Uh, the other thing that was interesting is somebody was telling me that their opinion of the internet they think it's basically having everybody in a room. So a lot of people think that the internet's anonymous, but when you think about it, it's really a way for everybody to get connected, to get together, and I think that's an interesting way to think of it as everybody in the same room. Uh, So that I thought was a pretty interesting thought that I definitely wanted to share on the podcast. Uh, Then there was this, which I thought was funny. Definitely want to crank up the volume on this because this was good. Obviously, we were talking about Survivor Series on the last podcast. Uh, Matthew from Botchamania, as he always does, took a wrestling clip and added some pop culture to it. So for the Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles match, he put that to the sounds of Toy Story, and this was the end result. Okay, come on! You want a piece of me? So I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Definitely something that I wanted to share on the podcast as well. Um, Then this was interesting. I had to share this because I found this to be funny, even though I don't agree with it. Um, So moreover, Nello, I think is, I actually think I said it in the last podcast, I think he's one of the more underrated uh, commentators in the WWE. Right now, he really just does NXT. Uh, But apparently, I'm in the minority. A lot of people, especially wrestling fans online, don't seem to like Moro as much as I do, including uh, Breakheart, uh, who retweeted uh, Wrestling Bubble, who said, Moro blocked me on Twitter once because he was vanity searching and he saw a tweet I wrote saying that he was Mike Adamley with access to the New Japan Pro Wrestling Wikipedia page. So I thought that was a bit harsh. Uh, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I think that uh, Moro Ranello brings a lot of enthusiasm to his commentary. And he seems to be more knowledgeable of wrestling holds and you know things that go on during the match than most commentators. Uh, I think he would definitely be an upgrade over somebody like Michael Cole anyways. Um, so yeah, I don't quite agree with it, but I do find the humor in that, so I definitely wanted to share that on the podcast as well. Uh, Billionaire Mindset had a good tweet. They said, I don't make sense, spelled S-E-N-S-E. I make dollars. Uh, so I thought that that was a pretty cute tweet. Uh, Then Business Insider tweeted out on the 20th that Janet Yellen 
is going to resign from the Fed after Trump denied her her second term as chair. And it was interesting because the person that he did appoint, it's believed, will continue to do the same things that Yellen was going to be doing anyways. Um, so I think it was just more for the visual effect more than anything else, uh, just you know, showing that he's picking somebody other than somebody that Obama appointed, even though that person probably will do the same thing that Yellen would have done. Uh, then there was this from tape saying, imagine canceling this show. Uh, and this was pretty funny, so I wanted and to play James this. Ellsworth. Where were they tonight? Where were they? They weren't here tonight. Looking for love. Maybe they were on, oh, I can't say they were on a baby moon. That's yeah, right. I mean, they might have been something doing they something. Might. You know, but have you seen the way James Ellsworth is dressing lately? I think he looks like a stud. I like it. Yeah, yeah. And obviously so does Carmella. She is you know, into you, it. You know, you know why I think that she that Carmella is with James Ellsworth. Why? You know, around the locker room, did you know that sometimes we call him James Hogsworth? <laughs> that sometimes that's what we call him. I don't know why that happens. <laughs> they call him the big hog, James Hel- <laughs> James Hogsworth. But, uh, but yeah, you know, like, who knows? <laughs> what? What? There's no way! What? No! Look the whole locker room! He comes into the room. He comes into the locker room and everybody's like, big hog, big hog, big hog. We do the big hog dance. Is that? That's a real thing. We need to get to our next guest. Do you know who eats it? Is Rick Victor of the Ascension in his face paint? But double meat? Yeah. Double meat. Hogsworth. Let's bring on our next guest. This is getting. So that was a pretty good moment, uh, I thought, from that show. I, I wish they kept talking smack. I can't believe when they did get rid of it. Um, but that was just a, a pretty funny moment there where uh, Daniel Bryan was able to get Renee Young to crack and, and start laughing hysterically. So I thought that that was a pretty funny moment on that show. Um, and I love what he was saying there. Imagine canceling this show. <laughs> Uh, then uh, Conan O'Brien tweeted out this week 90% of all calls and texts are men contacting women in their past to say are we cool uh, so that's a pretty funny tweet but also you know pretty to the point about what's going on these days uh, as we've talked about on this podcast as well uh, then the Washington Post tweeted out that the Justice Department sued uh, to block AT&T's bid for CNN uh, owner, the actual owner of CNN Time Warner setting up one of the biggest antitrust cases in decades. Uh, and my opinion on that is, you know, if this was just an antitrust case, then I would be all for it. Uh, but clearly this is Donald Trump's involvement uh, with, you know, him not liking CNN, him not liking HBO. And in that respect, I think it's absolutely pathetic. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, then Xavier Hale tweeted out the Justice League had a $300 million budget and only made $96 million in the box office. It has a 39% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not looking good for the DC Universe, and it shouldn't. I mean, honestly, again, my opinion on that movie, I thought that it was worse than Batman vs. Superman, and I didn't really have a high opinion of Batman vs. Superman either. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like they could still save the DC Universe in terms of the movies, uh, but they would definitely, I think, at this point, have to recast Batman, both because Ben Affleck wants to get out of that role, and also just because I don't think he's that good in that role to begin with. Um, they need to find somebody that can suit that role better, and actually, let's be honest, wants to be that that character. 
Um, I think they've got the right guy for Superman. I think they've got the right guy for Wonder Woman. I even think they have the right guy for The Flash. Um, but, you know, are they going to do something with Green Lantern? That's a question. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot more questions than answers right now uh, for DC movies. And, uh, yeah, like, the numbers there do not look good. The movie itself, in my opinion, was not that good. They've definitely got a lot of work to do. Uh, if they're going to fix it. Uh, then there was this clip which I had to play because I thought it was so funny. This was Marshawn Lynch uh, who has his own show uh, and he had on uh, Red Panda who, well you guys will see, it's pretty funny. Let me see what you got there baby. Don't get up on that high ass bike girl. Let me see what you gonna do with that thing baby. Oh watch your head. I could do that. I can do that. Oh, oh, it's more. Oh, she, you acting up. She acting up. We ain't got no cereal. If we, if she can pour a bowl of cereal, then she, hell no, you out of pocket. Get the out of here. <laughs> So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, also, uh, this podcast for sure is going to be all over the place, but if you're a fan of this podcast, you already know that that's the usual style. Um, randomly going to the Blue Jays now for a second. Uh, the Blue Jays are said to be interested in Bruce and Martinez, and my thoughts on that is why aren't they interested in Stanton? I don't understand why they're not going for Stanton. Uh He's a young guy. He led the league in home runs. Uh, you know, he's going to be worth going after, I think. Um, but it doesn't seem like the Blue Jays are even going to bother, and I think that that's a colossal mistake. They've got so many questions in their outfield, um, and this guy just seems, to, in my opinion, to answer all of them. But I don't know. They're, they're looking at other options, and not even necessarily cheaper options if you look at the amount of money and the amount of, of length of contract that those other two players are looking for um, and they're not to be blunt and be honest they're not even as good as Stanton to begin with so I, I don't really understand where the Blue Jays are going uh, when it comes to that but again we'll see nothing has happened yet so we'll see what they're going to do uh, then there was a tweet from Ajit Pai uh, who said uh, today I'm proposing to repeal the heavy-handed uh, internet regulations imposed by the Obama administration and to return to the light-touch framework under which the internet developed and thrived before 2015. So that's his bullshit about what he wants to do. Um, now this is from the 21st, and I'll be honest with you guys, most of this podcast is going to be about this. Um, but this was just the start of it. Uh, so my opinion on this is, number one, is there anything that the Trump administration can get right? Because it seems like everything that they go and try to do is just to fuck things up, including this, which is basically net neutrality. And before I get to any other tweets, let's talk about what net neutrality is. It's a boring phrase, but what does it actually mean? It means basically protecting the rights of the users. So you and I, when we're using the internet, not having to pay extra 
to be able to go on Twitter, to be able to go on Facebook, YouTube, or different sites. So basically, what the providers would like to do would be to charge you for each thing that you go to, as opposed to what the internet is now, where you pay for a speed and you can go to whatever site you want to go to. Um, so this would be a massive change. Thankfully, I live in Canada, so it's not that big of a burden to me. But if you're an American that watches or listens to this show, you should be deathly concerned because this is an administration that seems hell-bent on doing things like this. And this would be a major blow to anybody that uses the internet, which would pretty much be everybody. Um, you know, would do you want to pay more to use simple services like YouTube or Twitter or Netflix or whatever? Because um, that's basically what going against net neutrality is. Now, the biggest win that I think the internet providers got was when they were able to come up with the phrase net neutrality because most people don't even know what the fuck that means and the phrase is so boring they assume that it's not a good thing anyways when it actually is um, so with that bit of information uh, let's look at some of the reaction that naturally happened on the web and that will be throughout this entire podcast that remains um, so Bill Pratty tweeted out, without net neutrality, your ISP can, number one, charge you extra to reach certain websites, which is what we just talked about. Number two, slow down streaming services like Netflix that compete with their streaming services. Number three, block some websites altogether. So regardless of how much you're spending, you may not even be able to, to actually visit certain websites no matter how much you spend. Uh, so this would basically be the end of the free and open internet. Uh, and I agree 100% with what Bill Prady is saying there. Uh, Matthew Chapman responded saying, By light touch framework, you mean the arrangement that allowed Comcast to legally blackball Netflix's bandwidth until it agreed to anti-competitive contract demands. Hashtag net neutrality. Uh, Jillian tweeted out, uh, you couldn't possibly be more wrong. Have you spent any time actually discussing this with the people who study the internet, build tools for the internet, etc.? We're all in favor of net neutrality. And I think the bottom line here with most of these responses, as you guys probably already can gather, is that most people that know what the hell's going on with the internet are for net neutrality. It's only the internet service providers and the idiots within the Trump administration that seem to be against it. Uh, so at EFF tweeted, uh, so if the public and virtually every facet of internet culture, including internet service providers, oppose the FCC's plan, then why are we even going down this path? Uh, Patrick Monaghan tweeted, I can't wait until the FCC guts net neutrality and I have to constantly monitor what my ISP is trying to get away with. True freedom, baby. Uh, so obviously uh, a joke there for sure. Uh, then there was this. This was crazy. You've probably already seen this because this show is coming so late. But this is a show uh, in Japan called Slippery Stairs where it's literally just that. It's people climbing these slippery stairs and it appears from time to time that somebody's made it up really high on the staircase 
but I get the feeling that the producers of this show probably greased up the top steps even more so that they would slide down even faster. Um, who knows how many injuries happen on this show, but it's definitely pretty f- crazy to watch. And it's probably going to be happening on American TV at some point because um, they seem to take a lot of ideas from Japan anyways. Um, so definitely, you know, if you're interested, you can check out the rest of that clip, twitter.com slash the John D. Newton. Uh, it runs for about another minute or so, and it's basically the same thing, just guys falling downstairs. You've got to excuse me, like I've seen it a few times now, so it's not quite as funny to me as it used to be. Uh, but, you know, if you haven't seen it before, I highly recommend it because it is pretty funny. Um, then there was this that happened on, I think, 205 Live. Or actually, sorry, it was the pre-show for Survivor Series. And it was Kalisto making his way to the ring as he usually would, jumping in. Uh, but he messed up when he did it, uh, just like this GIF is messing up right now. Uh, but again, if you're interested, check it out, twitter.com slash thejohndnewton. Uh, this was a, a tweet from T. Uh and he said, when you think you've tweeted a banger, but there's a typo, and basically just showing that gif of him messing up, jumping over the ropes. Uh, the Latin assassin tweeted, I don't wish depression and anxiety on anyone. For those struggling, just know that you're not alone. Keep your head up. And then this was really crazy. Uh, and it shows up pretty well on the screen there, but if you're really interested, again, check it out on the Twitter webs- on our Twitter account. Uh, this was uh, an artist that created stunning photorealistic photos uh, with paints, and they look real. Um, you know, it doesn't quite do it justice to see it on the screen here on YouTube, so I highly recommend you check it out on twitter.com slash Newton. You'll see what I'm talking about. It looks like not even like a, an image it looks like the real thing uh just incredible talent with the paints there um by that artist uh then uh rachel tweeted out uh using wwe 2k18 basically giving roman reigns all of the championship belts and vince mcmahon as his tag team partner uh, so that was pretty funny and then I was really happy to see this because my last podcast I talked about uh, the Survivor Series match which I think stole the show which was the Shield versus New Day. I think every other match after it and literally every other match did follow it because it was the first match of the Survivor Series. They, they, could, they couldn't hold a candle to what those six guys did. Now as good as that match was, it wasn't without mistakes and namely just how Roman Reigns just didn't seem to be in it. Uh, He seemed confused at times. It seems like he needed direction from Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins from time to time. Uh, And I was afraid that I might have been the only one that saw that until I saw this tweet uh, from Matthew from Botchamania. He said, One of Reigns' biggest negatives was exposed at Survivor Series when wrestling the expressive New Day and teaming with the just as emotive Ambrose and Rollins Reigns had this one face the entire match, and he did. He looked totally robotic. And again, this is the guy that Vince McMahon wants to build his company around. This is the guy that Vince McMahon wants uh, to replace John Cena, ultimately, as the face of the WWE. But again, there's six guys in that match. Five of them were expressive, 
and the one that wasn't is that guy that you're trying to push to be the face of the WWE. Um, so Matthew continued, he said he can wrestle well, but he can be so damn robotic and non-responsive compared to other wrestlers, especially when the crowd's shouting, eat shit Roman, and he gives them this look. Um, so again, like he just, he's got a lot to learn. And I think in a weird way, that promo that uh, John Cena had against him when they were going against each other, uh, I think was pretty true to life when he was saying, you know, you've got to be able to cut a promo better because he was stuck in that moment. Um, I, I really do feel like if Roman Reigns is going to be the guy, and I think he could be, but I think he still has so much to learn. Like, he's got to become more charismatic. He's got to, He's got to learn really, like, in-ring psychology. He's got to be, if he can learn... I, I think the WWE would be crazy not to get him to talk to people like Jake the Snake Roberts, people like Scott Hall, people that really know how to make a match and, and understand the psychology of the match when the match is going on and how to get the most out of the crowd. You know, you're talking about two of the best of all time with Scott Hall and Jake the Snake Roberts. The WWE knows those two. Triple H is friends with Scott Hall. I don't understand why they're not making that connection because that is a huge part that's missing from Roman Reigns right now. And it's evident not just to me, but also to Matthew. So I was glad that it wasn't just me that saw that. Uh, he also tweeted out he loves Enzo dominating the cruiserweight division, but now he's beaten Kalisto a dozen times there's no obvious non-Neville guy for him to be defending against right now. And I was saying, well, what about Hideo Itami? Uh, and sure enough, they're starting to run promo packages of Hideo Itami uh, going to 205 Live. But to me, like, they should have had that at Survivor Series. Like, they, sh they should have had Hideo Itami, like, get involved, um, you know, because the matches between Enzo and Kalisto, they are becoming stale at this point. And especially for the WWE where it's like they've got Raw, they've got 205 Live, they've got their pay-per-views. If you see a match so many times, you very quickly lose interest these days because there's there's so much exposure with all, the, all of those different shows. Uh, RJ Singh tweeted out, I swear, reading the tweets of some fans, you'd think they all hate wrestling. And that's true. I think that's funny, but it's true. Um, and I'm guilty of that too. Um, you know, sometimes you can be too critical of wrestling, but I think, you know, you can be critical and still be a fan at the same time, and that's what I would consider myself to be as well. Um, Uberfax tweeted out that the Jonah complex is the fear of success, which prevents self-actualization. Uh, so I didn't even know they had a term for that, so I thought that that was a good tweet. Uh, then Patton, Aswal Patton Oswalt, I should say, a good comedian, uh, he said, call Ajit Pai uh, at the FCC at 202-418-1000 and tell him no on destroying net neutrality. Thank you. So Patton Oswalt, just one of many people encouraging people to call that number and hound this guy at the FCC to make sure that he doesn't do away with net neutrality. Uh, Kevin Pereira also uh, he was saying busy but I have no plans to let a jeep pie off the hook I encourage you to do the same protect net neutrality and he gives out the number there as well though he gave out the number 212 
418-1000. So I'm not quite sure which one of those is the correct one, but if you're living in the U.S., I would highly recommend you try both um, and that you keep that guy's phone line busy because, uh, you know, you're going up against the Internet service providers in the States that are trying to pay to get rid of net neutrality so that they can now charge you, the consumer, extra just based on what sites you want to visit. Uh, then WWE Creative Humor had a good tweet. They said, in the third Rocky movie, he jobs to Hulk Hogan, so get ready, AJ Styles. Because the entire time AJ Styles was taking on Brock Lesnar, they kept making the comparisons that he was the underdog, that this was like a Rocky movie. Uh, and then AJ Styles on SmackDown Live said, well, you know, in Rocky 2, Rocky 1. Uh, so I thought that was good. WWE Creative Humor saying, well, you know, in the third one, Rocky job to Hulk Hogan. Uh, so... I also added to that, I said he may not be getting a trophy for losing, but he's still the WWE champion, go figure. Um, then this was an example uh, tweeted out by Ro Khanna, and it doesn't show up on the screen, but I highly recommend you guys check it out, twitter.com slash thejohndnewton. Uh, it says, in Portugal, with no net neutrality, internet providers are starting to split the net into packages, and it gives you an example. Uh, four ninety nine a month for messaging, four ninety nine a month for social media, which would be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, things like that. Another four ninety nine for video, which would be YouTube and Netflix and Twitch. Another four ninety nine for music, which would be uh, looks like Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud. Another four ninety nine for email. So you guys get the picture. Basically. Without net neutrality, internet providers will be able to charge you for packages of basic websites that you can visit right now at no additional cost. So if you're somebody that would be like the general internet user that uses the internet as anybody else would, you're looking at about $20 there, $25 to be able to do $25 extra to be able to do what you're doing right now at no extra charge without net neutrality. So a really good tweet there by Ro Khanna to point out how crazy it is. Speaking of crazy, this was a tweet from uh, Darren Roval showing the traffic of people trying to escape Los Angeles for Thanksgiving. Uh, just to guess, it looks like everybody's already too late. Now this is the thing. This was an image, a video clip here of Los Angeles people traveling for Thanksgiving on November 21st. So this was well before <laughs> Thanksgiving and it took up, look at that. It looks like a complete, like you've heard the expression of it looking like a parking lot. It literally looks like a parking lot there. That is total insanity. And that's on the 21st uh, from ABC News there. Uh, then Representative Steve Scalise tweeted out, 1930s-era utility-style regulations have no business being applied to the Internet in the 21st century. The best way to protect a free and open Internet is to keep the heavy hand of government out of the way and let the great innovation continue. That might be the case if there wasn't a lot of monopolies. And you can tell that this representative, Steve Scalise, is bought and paid for. But in case you didn't know that, Scott Santons tweeted out, curious about who Steve Scalise is representing? It's not Louisiana. Look at his top 20 donors. And then it gives a list here. Verizon, 
AT&T, Comcast, Cox, and Time Warner Cable round up the top five. So again, it's unbelievable that people like this are in government and they're all being bought and paid for at your expense, the person that just uses the internet. Uh, so then single baby mama tweeted out, Now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord will delete my Twitter account and erase my browser history. Amen. <laughs> so I thought that that was a funny tweet. Uh, billionaire Mindset tweeted out, Everything is going to be alright. Maybe not today, but eventually. I thought that that was another good tweet. And then Nietzsche quotes tweeted, uh, Words are but symbols for the relations of things to one another and to us. Nowhere do they touch upon absolute truth. Uh, so I thought that that was a good tweet also. Uh, Brett Weinstein tweeted out, rethink this. Uh, and actually the tweet is unavailable. Um, the tweet was unbelievable. I'm not surprised that this person deleted it. Uh, this person was Emily Linden. This tweet said that if there's one false accusation against men. So in other words, if there's a man that was accused of uh, sexual assault or abuse or harassment that it wasn't true and that guy lost his job as a result of it, that that would be okay because the cause is more important. Uh, so Brett Weinstein responded to this, rightfully so, rethink this, being indifferent to harm done to men who have behaved honorably is both wrong and counterproductive. A society that properly protects women must be troubled by both, number one, damage to innocent men, and number two, the success of women who weaponize victimhood for personal gain. So obviously it's, it's probably the major issue in the world right now uh, based on all, everything that's going on. And it's not to say that the victims of those situations shouldn't be heard, they absolutely should. Or you know, it's, it's not to say that what they're accusing people of isn't serious, it absolutely is. It's to say that for, to go as far as what Emily said, that uh, it's okay if somebody was wrongfully accused and lost their job for it because the greater cause is more important, that's total insanity. Uh, and it totally defeats the purpose of what people are trying to do at this time with all of this coming out. Uh, so I agree with what Brett did there, and obviously what he did was bring to light that type of ignorance that Emily had in her tweet, so much so that she felt embarrassed by it, she ended up deleting that tweet, uh, and rightfully so, because it was, it, was, um, it was a heinous thing for her to tweet about, it was completely wrong, and it just was totally oblivious to reality, I think. Um, then Donald Trump tweeted out, I, it wasn't the White House, it wasn't the State Department, it wasn't Father LeVar's so-called people on the ground in China that got his son out of a long-term prison sentence. It was me. Too bad. LeVar is just a poor man's version of Don King, but without the hair, just think. And this was on November 22nd, and my response to that is that this is still going on? Wow. And this is pathetic because this is the guy that's supposed to be the president of the United States tweeting about LeVar Ball and his son. Like, it's total insanity and it tells you everything you need to know about the U.S. right now. But he continued, which is even crazier. 
Lavar, you could have spent the next five to ten years during Thanksgiving with your son in China, it, but no NBA contract to support you. But remember, Lavar, shoplifting is not a little thing. It's a really big deal, especially in China. Ungrateful fool. So again, to me, this guy's just playing into Lavar's hands. It gives this guy free publicity, which is all that he's about. Uh, and when's the last time you remember a U.S. president calling one of his own citizens a fool, especially on social media? Uh, you just see how the presidency has sunk to new lows under this guy. Uh, Richard Chambers uh, tweeted out, Day 3 of President Donald Trump versus LeVar Ball, which, again, is just insane. Uh Terrence Payne tweeted out, This feud has gone on for so long, Donald Trump has resorted to insulting someone's hair. Again, Donald Trump is insulting someone else's hair. Uh, so I thought that that was a good tweet. Uh, Dave Itzkoff tweeted, Things a president could tweet at 6 a.m. on November 22nd. Remembrance of JFK? Nope. Relief for survivors of a crashed Navy plane? Nope. Expression of Thanksgiving? Nope. Nothing? That would have been probably the best one, but no. And then a check mark beside escalations of personal feuds unrelated to the office. Well, he did that in abundance. Uh, then I thought this was interesting because I wasn't even aware of this until a couple of days ago. But uh, Brian Gianta actually, f- for- he actually uh, was foregoing an NHL contract to play in the Winter Olympics. I think that that's a pretty interesting story. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll be able to compete with the speed of the kids that will play, but it's interesting nevertheless, because keep in mind, the NHL will not be involved in the Winter Olympics this year. Uh, So you're gonna be looking at a bunch of of major junior kids playing, college kids playing. Uh, Russia will probably have KHL players playing. So you've got a mix of players but for the most part, you're probably looking at really young, really fast teams. I'm not sure if Brian Gianta is going to be able to compete with that, especially uh, I'm not sure what he's doing to keep himself in shape, but obviously not playing in the NHL, uh, that's going to hurt him, uh, not just financially, but I think it goes to show you how important it is to him to represent his country, the U.S., in the Olympics. Uh, so, you know, pretty interesting story there. Uh, Billionaire Mindset tweeted out, be a good person, a good friend, live the life you want, and chase your dreams. So I thought that that was a good tweet. Uh, And then I, you know, you're looking at the tweets coming from the POTUS account now at this point. And I just said, does anybody really believe it's not Junior or Eric tweeting as POTUS? Because if you think about it, we've all seen Donald Trump. Have you ever once seen him using his phone in his hand? Do you think he's capable of using Twitter? Probably not. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not Junior or Eric that's actually tweeting under his account. And it would make more sense that way as well. Uh, Then I tweeted out, you know it's the holiday season when Beyonce dresses up like a sexy reindeer. And that's a picture there. Uh, Then I also tweeted out, run the jewels said it best when they said about enemies you can all run naked backwards through a field of dicks. I thought that that's a good line from one of their songs. Uh, Uberfax tweeted out, maple syrup has more calcium than milk. I wasn't aware of that. 
Uh, and then I also tweeted out, M. Night Shyamalan made one good movie and then fucked everybody repeatedly ever since. How many chances do you get? I thought this was a good one, especially... I just missed being able to do the episode yesterday for Thanksgiving. This would have been a much better time for it. But, you know, if you're in the U.S. and you're watching or listening, obviously I want to wish you guys a belated happy Thanksgiving. Um, but I thought this this was a good tweet. Uh, when the turkey is coming to the table and it shows John's, the John Cena's posing uh, and it shows the turkey there running to the ring. Um, so I thought that that was pretty funny. Uh, then there was this image uh, which caught fire on, on the internet of a badly done turkey and I tweeted out joking when I said dark meat I didn't mean this hashtag Thanksgiving uh, and then there was this crazy uh, gif here from uh, Stephen Fry uh, showing lightning hitting a tree and then the tree just falling apart there you see it and I believe it will show, yes, the top of the tree falling on top of the house there as well. So total destruction just from one bolt of lightning. Uh, and then I won't be able to show this clip because I'm pretty sure it will get us pulled off of YouTube. But I highly recommend everybody checks out A Closer Look uh, with Seth Meyers. He did a really good one uh, uh, called Robert Mueller Zeroes In on Jared Kushner. Uh, really good clip. Highly recommend it. And again, I want to thank you guys for your patience. It took a long time, four days, to get this episode out there for you guys. Hopefully it was worth the wait. Uh, and I will see you guys on the next episode.